Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to The Moon Underwater. I am your landlord, John Robbins, and with me is the lovely Robin Allender. And this week, our guest creating his dream pub is comedian and quiz aficionado and empresario. <laughs> is that the right phrase? No, probably not. Anyway, quizzer, Paul Sinar. Paul is creating a pub that doesn't have to be beautiful um, and has more focus on the pragmatic and the utilitarian um, than it does on necessarily looking nice because, as Paul very wisely said, you don't want to get absolutely hammered in a lovely pub. Um, <laughs> Words to live by. Uh, so far, he has strawberry fruly and Asahi on draft, Copperberg pear cider in a bottle, a dry Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, but more importantly, the matter of a very flag-heavy pub quiz. Paul, what's the name for someone who's an expert in flags? Vexillologist. A vexillologist. So, Robin, please remove us from those vexillogical tenterhooks. Thanks, John. Yes, so question one in my flags quiz was, which country's flag is a mirror image of the Irish flag? John, do you want to have a go first? Uh, I'll say India, please. Paul? Uh, the Cote d'Ivoire. It is Cote d'Ivoire. Ah! Very well done. India is... <laughs> Vertical. Yeah, yes. I got confused with a, there. With a wheel in the middle. Yeah, and there's no wheel. There's no wheel in the Irish flag. It hasn't been for years. <laughs> hang on, hang on. India's horizontal still, right? Yeah. Right, good. Cool, cool. I was worried I might have messed up the following question, <laughs> which is, okay, which three European countries' flags are made up of vertical stripes are from left to right, blue, yellow, and red. I just got. I I can't even begin on this one. It's so bizarre. I just Romania's one maybe. Okay, Paul, Mo, Moldova. Paul's got Romania, Moldova. John, have you got what? What? What are you? What are your thoughts and feelings? I've gone Romania, Bulgaria, Macedonia. Okie dokie. So any 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 follow up, Paul? Uh, Lithuania. No, it's Andorra. So Moldova and Romania and Andorra. Oh, there we go. Imagine not knowing the Andorran flag. <laughs> so Paul's shall... got three out of four so far, and I've only got one out of four. Yeah, doing very well. Uh, I'm just trying to keep 
track of the score, rather complicated scoring of my own quiz. So question three was the flag of which African country is a green pentagram against a red background? John? Well, this is a guess. I've gone Mali. Okay, John. Uh, Paul? Ethiopia. Oh, it's Morocco. Oh, I, I didn't know whether pentagram was a star or a star. I, I knew I, 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 the pentagram was supposed to be a five-sided star, right? Okay. Yeah. Well done, Paul. Change your answer last minute. <laughs> oh, did he have it in the head and then cross it out? Yeah. Oh, no. He's trying to work out what a pentagram actually was. <laughs> yeah. uh, question four was, what are the only two countries that have square flags? John, do you want to have a bash? Well, I've only got one answer for this. One is Switzerland, and I think the other might be in Central America, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay, Paul? I think it's Switzerland and the Vatican. Well done. Ah, very good. What's the best thing about being Swiss? The flag's a big plus. Anyway, we've, uh, <laughs> well done. Yeah, Vatican City. It's a yellow and white square. So question five, which country's flag has flown upside down to indicate that it is in a state of war? John, what did you have for this? Got nothing. Nothing. Paul? Japan, I don't know. Oh, wouldn't that be the same upside? <laughs> no, it's the it's the Philippines. The Philippines oh, okay. Philippines flag is a horizontal bicolor flag with equal bands of blue representing peace and red representing white. Was also with a white triangle at the side. So normally the blue is on top, but at times of war the flag is inverted, so the red is on top. In 2016, Facebook had to apologise for declaring war in the Philippines when they accidentally <laughs> posted the flag upside down to celebrate the country's Independence Day. So there we go very well done if you've got that at home so paul got one two three four five and john got two Ugh. to be fair that's the way it should be really. <laughs> yeah 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 give it the give it that i'm a professional <laughs> it, it is quite hard to imagine colors in your mind sometimes well i have great difficulty yeah why do you think that is a, a weak spot for your quizzing is it because just that kind of that's my brain doesn't see color well, my brain i can see colors i'm not colorblind mm. Well, I can't see them in my imagination. Right, right. Um, so I find it difficult to remember what what things look like. Mm. What would be? What would have been your kind of? Yes, this is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna absolutely smash this. What's your What's your uh, favoured kind of? British track and field athletics of the 1980s. Lovely. <laughs> it's, 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 and and uh, pop pop music of not the number one hit records of 1983 and 84. Mm. Those were two specialist subjects. Amazing. I was chatting to my golf coach the other day. <laughs> And he said, the th- "Not to that." Has it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he said, "The problem is the reason people don't get good at golf is because they practice what they're good at that they enjoy doing, whereas actually what you should be practicing is the thing you hate the most." That's exactly the same as quizzing. Yeah, that's exactly the same. But it's hard because if you have a lack of general interest in it, it's harder to remember the things, remember the facts. Yeah. Mm. Do you have to be careful with booze because? I know if I've had a couple of weeks that are pretty heavy on booze, my short-term memory just goes. Do you do you have to sort of have a few nights off before a quiz? It's really tough because the socialisation is part of the joy of quiz. Mm. And so it's, it's really difficult to get the balance right. We have an event called, well, it's now called the Ultimate Quiz Challenge. It's going to be in Berlin in November. And I've absolutely no doubt that the night before the individuals, I'm just going to get hammered because that's part of, <laughs> that's part of why I'm, that's very much part of why I'm there. Is, is is to meet up with and socialise with people I like. Uh, there are people that never ever ever drink the night before a quiz, and good luck to them. They're t- you know they'll they'll finish ahead of me. <laughs> but but it's it's a difficult balance to get when it's such a social event as well. 
Well, uh, we move on to your next choice in your dream pub, and it's the spirit round. We also accept liqueurs and fortified wines. Is your sweet tooth going to prevail, Paul? What are you, what are your two spirit choices? Um, I don't drink spirits in pubs unless I'm on a calorie, a, a carb, low carb diet. I find that that's when my friends bring out the double gin and tonics, is when they're desperately trying to lose some weight and they think that having non non fizzy beer is going to do it. But my, but I really like uh, vodka. I really like spirits. I don't just don't tend to drink them in pubs. Uh, my first choice is vodka, but. Uh, in alliance with the people of the Ukraine, absolute vodka from Sweden rather than a Russian vodka, because I find the I find the drink delicious, uh, especially absolute vanilla vanilla flavored absolute. Mm. Uh, but I love the branding as well. It's just so the the branding so attractive compared to the sort of very stodgy vo- Russian vodka branding. It's also it's also a very good vodka absolute. Yeah, oh, it's a great it's a really really good drink. Yeah. Uh, but I must, I must stress that if you see me drinking vodka in a pub, avoid me half an hour later, <laughs> because because I'm clearly on a mission of, of uh, on a mission of some description. And what do you have it with? Do you have it on its own or do you mix it on its own? Ooh. Freezing cold, straight from the it's freezer. It's got to be from the freezer, surely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and then my second one is a drink that I don't even drink. I just like the bottle and I like the name, and I think that every pub should have a whiskey, and it's Maker's Mark. Mm. Um, I I saw a film years ago about I think it was Jesse it was either Jesse Eisenberg or the Napoleon Dynamite guy was Roger Roger it was called about a, 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 a sort of dating expert that takes a young teenager under his wing and teaches him about life and he, he was in love with the drink Maker's Mark and he he, he sold it so well I'm again if I'm on the whiskies I'm I'm in trouble but I really like the combination of knowing that you're 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 going down and drinking whiskey the combination of the two means you you you're you're really enjoying your night out uh, and make I'm I'm no whiskey expert I I must stress I just like maker's mark's name I like its packaging I like its bottle I like I like the drink uh, and that's it, really. I mean, I'm I'm not a great one for spirits in a pub. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, we've had a, this chosen before by Emma Inch, uh, who's a brilliant writer about beer and pubs, and it's it's a bourbon whiskey, isn't it? And and she was saying every every bottle is kind of uniquely uh, made with that wax seal, isn't it? It's kind of all done by hand. I I, I, I am a sucker for the aesthetics of brandings for for sure, uh, and that's why Absolute and Maker's Mark get get my vote. Other than, of course, the current situation in the Ukraine. And, uh, yeah, there's something really, really hedonistic about having spirits in a, spirits in a pub because, I, you know, I don't tend to buy s- small drinks in a pub. That's not, that's not my style. When I'm deliberately going for two units in a very quick amount of time, you know that I'm, I'm seeking a, sweet, a, a mental sweet spot. <laughs> I, I must pause just a second as there's a robin outside the door of the moon underwater and if it doesn't get its food it's gonna it's gonna flutter around I'll just be one second <laughs> I don't understand any of his metaphors no. today. <laughs> yes we have a robin here at the moon underwater that eats out of my hand oh that's nice um but I've foregone the hand just to give it its sunflower hearts for today and isn't that what we're all looking for in life? Just some sunflower hearts to be thrown I out had, of the I door. I understood this more when you were doing the Quizmas jokes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this like a code for something, or is it actually a robin? There is actually a robin outside the door. 
Um, I'm, and I'm trying to I'm trying to train him to be my best friend. Right. Well, we move on from the spirits. Uh, Paul's choices: absolute vodka and Maker's Mark bourbon whiskey or bourbon. But we head over to the library, to the shelves, to the leather-bound spines that expand our mind and our horizons with a lovely Robin. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Thanks, John, and welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Library. And this week it's a great book. It's one of my favourite books uh, that I hadn't really thought about putting in the pub library, but someone on Twitter... Um, Sanderson Jones recommended it, which is Cider with Rosie by Laurie Lee. Oh, you break my heart. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's um, Laurie Lee grew up in Slad in Gloucestershire, and you could still see him in the Woolpack Inn up until his death. Really, <laughs> he, he still was a regular there. Um, and Laurie Lee is just a brilliant uh, memoir of his childhood. Doesn't sound like a real place, does it, Slad? The first time I found out it was set in Slad, I just assumed it was a misprint of some description. Yeah, when people are saying lads, 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 it kind of become, you can sort of make it sound like Slad, 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 can't you? Um, anyway, <laughs> do, do, are you a fan of the book, Paul? I read it when I was a teenager, and it was a very good book. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Um, so here we go. Here's a little bit, which is just a page from when uh, the end of the First World War has just been announced. So the, the village is in kind of a celebratory mood it was dark and the gleaming roofs of the village echoed with the buzz of singing we went hand in hand through the rain up the bank and down the street a bonfire crackled in one of the gardens and a woman jumped up and down in the light of it red as a devil a jug in her hand uttering cries that were not singing all down the other gardens there were other bonfires too, and a man came up and kissed the girls and hopped in the yard and twisted on one toe. Then he fell down in the mud and lay there, working his legs like a frog and croaking a loud song. I wanted to stop, I had never seen a man like this in such wild good humour. But we hurried on, we got to the pub and stared through the windows. The bar seemed on fire with its many lamps. Rose-coloured men through the rain-wet windows seemed to bulge and break into flame. They breathed out smoke, drank fire from golden jars, and I heard their great din with awe. Oh, very nice. It's very good, isn't it? Lovely. Super. Very nice. Had to stop it there because there's a fight after that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it is a great, what a great invocation. And and also I love about that is um it's a child's eye view of a pub and this kind of mad, wonderful place that's transformative where the adults go and become these kind of strange creatures, you know, <laughs> which is what I, I like about that passage. I had a really that book had such a huge effect on me. I didn't read it at school. I read it only three or four years ago and you're sort of my understanding of it was you know it's a very sort of bucolic countryside book about growing up and you're reading it and all the descriptions of the countryside are really incredible but you but I was sort of thinking oh well, what's this really about and then there's this two or three page description of his mother that's so heartbreakingly beautiful and it's sort of right in the middle of the book and I was just in floods of tears reading this. It's like a sort of um, a flawed love letter to a flawed, wonderful person. And you realise that so much of what he's setting up, he's, he's, he's trying to express to his mother 
and he can't quite do it. And then in these two or three pages where she's playing the piano alone and he just sort of absolutely nails what he's trying to say to her. Just, oh, man, in bits. Mm. It is beautiful. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, we don't just have a library here and I'm going to pop Cider with Rosie on the shelf because it's a it's a superb experience reading that. Uh, we also have a jukebox, Paul. We've spoken quite a lot about music, especially in terms of the music that was playing in the gay pubs uh, when you were first uh, exploring them and how it perhaps didn't quite reflect your interests. So I'm fascinated to know what one album would you add to the Moon Underwater jukebox? Well, I had to think quite a lot about this. Uh, wasn't an easy choice at all. Uh, and I've gone for uh, Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run, 1975. Um, very much the soundtrack to my latter teenage years, in that when Bruce Springsteen first became f- commercially famous in this country with the whole Born in the USA thing, I could really take or leave most of his music. It was good. It was fine. It wasn't really my thing. And then I've read a book called like The 500 Greatest Albums of All Time by Paul Gambaccini or something. And Born to Run was uh, either... I think Sgt. Pepper was rather predictable, number one. But I think Springsteen was number two. And so I went down to Croydon Library and borrowed a tape. of Because you could do that when I was at my age. You go to the library and borrow a tape. And the whole album just blew my mind. I think if you're a British music fan that only knows Springsteen for his most commercial stuff... I think it will blow your mind as well about how, I mean, same year as Bohemian Rhapsody, of course, 1975, and these whole one after another rock operas, uh, intricately layered and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and nothing like the music that he's most most famous for. And I've just, I've probably listened to it more times than any other album over the years. There isn't, it doesn't outlast its welcome as it's only eight tracks. Um, they're all outstanding and two of them, Jungle Land and uh, Backstreets, are two of the greatest records I've ever heard in my life uh, and that's why I've picked that album because I'd like to introduce to even though it's a ludicrously legendary and famous album, I'd like to introduce to the British pub going public uh, an, an album that they maybe never heard from start to finish I'm I'm really going to have to sit down with Bruce Springsteen because I, for some reason, from the very limited access I've had to his music, have really taken against him. So my sort of default thing is he's not for me. However, I do really like Racing in the Street from Darkness on the Edge of Town. Do you know Nebraska, John? Yeah, I've got Nebraska. It's just never really clicked with me. What is it about him that you that, that really sort of tickles your fancy? Well, it's not him as such. I'm not. I wouldn't call myself the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan in the world. I'd call myself the biggest Born to Run by Bruce, biggest uh, Bruce Springsteen's album Born to Run fan in the world. I can I can see why people don't take to, it, and it can seem a bit stodgy. I think the word stodgy is how I describe the way other people that don't like Bruce Springsteen hear his music. It's it's it can be a bit, it can sound a bit plodding and pedestrian and stodgy, but not that album. That album is just one masterpiece after another. Um, and I urge anyone who's in any doubt as to his magnificence uh, to, to start with that album. Yeah. Have you seen him live at all? I was lucky enough to see him live at Wembley in 1987 or 88, or 88 during his Tunnel of Love tour. And he was amazing. And Patti Smith got on stage and they did Be- Because of the Night together. And he sang Born to Run as an acoustic 
as an acoustic ballad, which was amazing as well. Those are my two memories of the concert. But uh, it's not easy because you, 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 because you want to pick an album that maybe people haven't necessarily heard for the purposes of, of, of a pub jukebox. It can't just be the killers, Mr. Brightside, and everyone gets up and dances <laughs> at about half, half, half ten at night. I, I think my thing with Bruce, I've been very judgmental of him and I've just assumed every song is about some guy working in a, I don't know, a petrol station. <laughs> or station. Or, you know, like a, you know, the guy working down at the the mechanics. He's working in quick fit. Yeah. Petrol station makes it sound like it's he's from Avonmouth or something. Yeah. He can't get a break. His girlfriend leaves him for a guy with a big Chevy and that's all of his songs. I, but... I, can't, I can't say this album's going to necessarily break that reputation <laughs> with you. I'd just say that musically, it's so layered and, and sophisticated, and it's just amazing. Rob, what are your thoughts on Bruce Springsteen? Well, like I said, I love Nebraska, but that's probably quite a kind of not a typical album of his, really, because it's so lo-fi and it's very stripped back. And, you know, it's just kind of acoustic and voice mainly, you know. But um... His problem with English music fans is, is the fact that he didn't have a massive hit here before the before 1985, the Dancing in the Dark, and that seems to be the the, 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 re, the reason a lot of British music fans haven't necessarily taken to him. But you don't immediately listen to a, an artist and go, "Well, I must hunt down his back catalogue." And obviously, Courtney Cox Arquette is in that music <laughs> video, isn't she? She is. <laughs> yes, although she was only Courtney Cox at the time. If I'm going to be pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> Hello fans of Pub and Pint, I'm Jess Phillips, an MP and now for the first time a podcast host. I know that the moon underwater is used to sighing for its letters, so I think you'll love my new podcast that's all about writing letters. It's called Yours Sincerely and in each episode I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. So with that, I'll sign off with yours sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy an episode of my podcast soon. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run is going on the jukebox and I have a feeling I need to listen to that numerous times to get my head around the boss. Uh, We now move on to the aforementioned wildcard selection. Paul, what is your final choice? It could be anything you so desire. Um, This is born out of having been going out with somebody who's teetotal for six years. I'm tired of buying him an apple juice or a lemonade. I would like to see a massive revolution in the quality of soft drinks that are provided in a pub because not everyone wants to go and get drunk. Uh, and we were in a, at a film quiz in an O'Neill's in, uh, on Wardour Street. And I said, what do you want to drink? And he said, do they have mango lassi? And I burst out laughing going, it's an O'Neill's. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Of course they don't have Mango Lassie. But ever since, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if you could walk into a pub and say, I'll have the Mango Lassie. (laughs) I think think that um, non-drinkers are so badly served. And, you know, in dry January, those of us have ever done dry January are very much aware that there's, there's no pleasure to be got out of any of the drinks that are on offer, with the possible exception of black black currant and lemonade, and I just think, you know, non-drinkers are people too. Uh, I realise that that's you know that's not the ethos of this of this podcast. Oh, absolutely, yeah. it is. But I think a crucial point is that the the world of non-alcoholic beer and wine and cider has really kicked off. But if you don't like beer and wine and cider, you're not going to like non-alcoholic beer and wine and cider. So you need a better selection of soft drinks. I mean, I mean, I'll never run a pub, but if I did run a pub, variety would very much be the thing where you try to cater for as many different types of people as possible. Um, and I, I just think that in general, the quality of soft drinks. I mean, who wouldn't love a freshly crushed yog- mango flavored yo- yogurt drink on 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 a sunny afternoon? You wouldn't want to mix it with the alcohol, though. If you were having like a little break from the Fosters, you wouldn't then want to have a mango lassie. Well, I mean, if you're drinking voluntarily, Fosters, you've lost your taste buds anyway. So it's it, it, it's a moot it's a moot discussion. But yeah, Mango Lassie would be my wild card. I remember thinking at the time, wouldn't it be great if I went up to the bar at O'Neill's and said, "Do you have a Mango Lassie?" And they just said, "Of course, we have a Mango Lassie." Lassie, come home. Yes, very good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, what would you, what would you like your pub to look like, Paul? You've talked about how you don't necessarily need it to be beautiful. You don't need it to be some kind of wooden beamed shining brass open fire pub to enjoy it. But what are the sort of pubs that are close to your heart that you've spent a lot of time in? Well, they've all been to do with quizzes, to be honest with you. I've never, I don't have a favorite pub that wasn't forced up, that wasn't fundamentally forced upon me. And I can't stress the degree to which the basics of aesthetics is not why I enjoy a pub space in, in, in enough enough seating is why I enjoy a pub. Uh, space at the bar, where you don't feel completely crowded out from order, order, ordering a drink, that you feel comfortable at the bar. 
catching the eye of the bar staff. This is uh, this must have come up uh, so many times. Is what you want as a bar staff to notice and do a magical calculation in their head what the correct order of service yes. is. Yeah. Because there's few things more dehumanising in a, in a in a pub situation than just being the forgotten person. Uh, and I think we've all, I think we, I suspect everybody has experienced that in their time. Um, in terms of aesthetics, take pride in your toilet facilities. Take oh, amen, preach. Uh, especially for the female customers who have, you know, uh, need more time in there because the urinals are not an option. But just something, something. Take pride. Pack it with toilet roll at the start of the day. Some people, especially if they're going to be in a pub for ages, are going to. I mean, defecating in a pub is one of life's bleakest. <laughs> can be one of life's bleakest experiences. Uh, and any any pub that can make make it seem reasonably comfortable has has my vote. I mean, functioning locks, very basic, but functioning fun, fun, locks, functioning locks. But just a feeling when you're in there that somebody has said we're going to make the toilets nice. Well, I think it's like having worked in pubs, though, as well. I think it's. I, I feel like if if you're looking after the loos, you're looking after the beer. Do you know what I mean? It's all you know. You can judge a lot about a pub by the way they look after the toilets. I think. Yes, very much. I think that people. There's such a ludicrous debate about unisex toilets, especially when you think that every single toilet in every single home in the country is a unisex toilet. But the the pubs that have unisex toilets, they're always better because people up their game. <laughs> I never thought of it like that, but you're, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely spot on. They really do. But I think... I, okay, so here's a very specific, slightly unpleasant problem that pubs must have. No one wants to go near a toilet brush in a communal toilet. Therefore, in complex scenarios... Are you quoting Orwell direct? (laughs) (laughs) In complex scenarios, the the clean-up operation is hampered by the fact you look at this... Like, you know the sort of the worst toilet in the world of train spotting? Yes. You very rarely see that, but you do often see the worst toilet brush in the world. And you think I'm not having anything to do with that? <laughs> Try not to look, but uh, there's, it's you know it's it's all part. I mean, I've got a th- especially with Parkinson's now, and the fact that I've got a weak bladder, I've got a thing about how appallingly served we are by the toilet situation mm. in this in this country. There's there's nowhere near, and God knows it must be so much worse for a woman. So so much worse. Well, I wonder if they in in the I mean the women's toilets often seem like a sort of Valhalla in a pub because they just I just I mean I'm guessing uh, and from the glimpses I've seen they're just sort of much but that much better maintained than the gents but the dream is a pub with just like six or seven cubicles yeah all all unisex maybe a communal wash basin people just up their game I was going to ask Paul how has Parkinson's affected your sort of alcohol experience does it how does it interact with the condition it actually has improved it in the sense that more people buy me drinks because they're, <laughs> they're too worried I'm going to spill theirs um, I mean I, I I don't buy as many rounds as I used to because people can see the the, the difficulty I have in, in holding two, two glasses simultaneously so in that sense from a financial point of view Parkinson's is um 
in, increased it, but it does reduce my tolerance for really, really busy bar areas. Really, really busy bar areas. Something I might have in, in, enjoyed in the past. I'd, I'd much rather sit down and have a quieter pint. But it's at the moment I'm trying to normalise everything and, and try and live my life as as close to the thing as possible. I realise that I definitely spill more pints, spill more of the pint on the journey from the bar to the table than I used to. Yeah, uh, I think that that's been the, the the main the main difference. And does it does it interact with your medication or the condition itself? Does do you? Well, it might do. I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, 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 if you if you if you if you if you're going out to get drunk, there's no there's no point in stopping in the middle of the experience and going. I wonder how much of this is alcohol, how much of this is interaction with the medication. You just enjoy the ride. Uh, so no, I mean, I, d- I don't know is the answer to that. But sort of space is important to you, and not having to sort of weave in and out of people and groups and yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. A wonderful choice there of the mango lassie as a wild card. But now, oh, what a treat we have. It's a new choice in The Moon Underwater, and it's for our dedicated patrons only. Uh, So if you have not yet subscribed to Patreon, uh, where you get a host of delights, uh, a host of other realmly delights, uh, such as, but not limited to, uh, early access for live event tickets, a bonus podcast every month called Behind the Cellar Door, where Robin and I go within the pub within the pub um, and under the pub and around it. Uh, you also get uh, into the Patron's Poem Raffle to have your name immortalised in verse by Yankee Tango, yours truly. Uh, so head over to moonunderpod.com or patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod. The choice is yours uh, to find out how you can support this pub and also gain access to Paul Sinha's Dream Pub Companion. But I will say no more until we have moved through into a realm within a realm, essentially, is what we're talking here. Uh, But for those of you who are uh, not subscribed on Patreon, we will see you back after this. Well, what an incredible insight into the mind and the loves and the dream pub companions of Paul Sinha to uh, get all of our guests' pub companion choices. Head over to moonunderpod.com to subscribe on Patreon. You're barred. Well, I mean, we've definitely touched on something you feel very strongly about in pubs, read the toilet situation, but you're also allowed to bar something from your dream pub, something that will never happen, never be seen or heard or smelt. What activity or thing are you going to outlaw? I had to think a lot about this, and then I realised that I'm probably quite passionate about this. There's never going to be a combination of tequila, lemon and salt in any pub that I... I can't think of anything more performatively banal than a group of (laughs) boisterous men forcing themselves to eat lemon and salt while downing a tequila. (laughs) Just down the tequila. Stop showing off. There's there's nothing impressive about what you're doing. You're you're basically showing off to the pub that you're on a night out. Putting two horrible tastes in your mouth just to make a tequila tolerable... Uh, just to perform to the rest. In fact, performative, performative binging in general is is one thing that I you know da- downing the downing of pints, the tequila slammers, the Jaeger bombs. They're they're for me they're they're for bars. They're not for pubs. 
Oh, nice shout. I really like... I don't drink Red Bull and I don't drink Jägermeister. I really like the taste of Jägermeister mixed with Red Bull, but whenever I have it, I'll have it with ice and I will pour it in as a mixed drink because it's really, really nice. People are like, why aren't you downing it? You're just sipping it going, it's a nice drink. Yeah, it's really lovely. (laughs) Nothing wrong with a drink. I think what fundamentally I'm against is showing off. Of course, yeah, absolutely. You, you, you're, you're, yeah. you're all in the you're all in the pub together. You don't have to be louder than everyone else. You don't have to be performing to everyone else. Just in, in be aware of the people around you. Um, and and I think that tequila slammers is fundamentally the epitome of the pointlessness of of performative binging. It's not even. It's not even as though you're binging a large number of units. You're having a very small drink. It's just you're having it with lemon and salt. <laughs> uh, and I don't, I don't see how that's socially interesting. And don't get me wrong, I've done it many, many times, and I'll have done it in pubs. Yeah. But as it, but if you're running the pub, you're just thinking, you're, who are these dicks? That's a really nicely emasculating way of putting it. Did you enjoy your small drink with a bit of lemon? <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy your small drink with a slice of lemon? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's also something about, like, you know, when you hear someone going, he done it the wrong way. You're not doing it right. It's almost, <laughs> almost like that sort of idea that there's some right way to do this pointless thing. I, I love alcohol. I also I, I also understand that it's a toxin. And, the way to, and everyone's trying to hit that sweet spot where you're bold enough to be witty and charming and take conversational chances and tell somebody that you fancy that you fancy them and impress people. You want to hit that sweet spot. That sweet spot has never been achieved by going off-piste in terms of the number of, the number of units that you're taking in. Uh, you know, the, art, the, the, artificial poison, the artificially rapid poisoning of yourself is, 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 not, is for me, is not for the pub. It's for the... It's, 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 it's for a different. Do it at parties, fine. Do do it in the privacy of your own home, fine. But a pub where you and so many times, and this include you know, I have dragged myself from the gutter to be a functional drunk. I used to be absolutely awful. I'd be the one that would cry at the end or lose my temper. I've been thrown out of my own birthday party twice. No, <laughs> uh, I've been thrown out of my own birthday party twice. I, I I did a gig at the comedy store on New Year's Day, 2001 it might have been, uh, and loads of my friends came and I got thrown out of the pub afterwards for for accusing everybody of being racist and homophobic. These are my own friends. <laughs> And in one case, a member of my own family. Uh, you got to if you if you, if you're having a bad time, if you're having to go home early, if you're crying your eyes out because you've misjudged the pace. Mm. You you know we were all, and I, I, that's the one thing that I think that the Europeans do much better than us is they don't get dragged into massive rounds because with, with respect, the 18 stone rugby player. And 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 the the nine stone uh, sort of cyclists, shall we say, for want of a better word, they're not going to uh, metabolise alcohol at the same rate. One of them shouldn't be trying to keep up with the other. Um, and I I think the rounds, which are well-meaning as they are, um, are always always end up with victims in 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 some way. I've got a lot of time for the strategic half. 
yes, I've got a lot of time for the strategic, or even the strategic pint of water. Yes. I mean, like when when you've got sort of your mates saying, do you want a round, and you've got half a pint or three quarters of a pint left, the temptation is to go, well, by the time you get back from the bar, I'll want another pint. I quite like it when I go, do you know what, I'll just have a half. And they get back and you've got a half, but you sort of feel a sense of like, I, I know my body. Yeah. And I think people understand it a lot more now than they, they did. Yes. I think, I, I mean, anecdotally, I think, and I purely mean this anecdotally as in from my feel of British nightlife that I, that I go through all the time from, from being a live club comedian, I don't feel that the streets are as violent as they used to be, say, 10, 15 years ago. I, 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 really, I really don't. In terms of the inevitable punch-ups and fights because somebody's evening hasn't gone the way that they wanted it to go, I don't think we're, we're as bad as we... I mean, I did accident emergency in Kings Lynn in Norfolk and Friday and Saturday nights were the only time you wouldn't get to bed by one. You'd actually be working continuously from nine till about four as the guys open wounds. There's always male victims of, of assault just come in one after, one after another because that was just what happened on a Friday and Saturday night. I, I think there's less peer pressure now. I think because of things like Dry January people are sort of it gives i think the good thing about dry january is it gives someone a reason to be doing something that in the past if you just said oh i'm having a month off booze or i'm not drinking tonight people would have a problem but if you go i'm doing dry january people go oh fair enough I've got sort of respect for that so i think people are more accepting now of someone who might not be drinking or might want to drink less or might want to have a, a water after every beer or whatever which is a very good tactic Hurry up, please. It's time. Well, Paul, it's been an absolute treat having you here. Thank you so much for joining us. But before you go, before you take your pub with you to have in your time of need, this pub with space, space at the bar that takes pride in its toilets, on draft you have Fruly uh, and Asahi, bottles and cans, you have Copperberg pear cider and a dry Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc. Your spirits are absolute vodka and maker's mark. On the jukebox, Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run plays loud and clear, and your wild card is a mango lassie. No one will be drinking tequila with lemon and salt, and there'll be no performative drinking, but we need a name for this place. What are we going to call this pub? Uh, It's going to be called It's Two Shots on the Black. (laughs) Tell us why. Because that way, nobody can claim they didn't know it's two shots on the black at the pool table. If you call, the, if you set the rules in the name of your pub, <laughs> no, there will never be any need for a discussion or argument at the time. It's the thing that's driven me mad for a long time, is when you get to the black on the pool table and someone fouls and they just go, oh, you've only got one shot on the black. And it's like, that has never been the rule <laughs> in British black ball pool. It's never been the rule. It's a free shot followed by... It's one free shot followed by the rest of your break. That has been the rules of pool since time immemorial. And if you call the pub, it's two shots on the black. Nobody can claim <laughs> that, they, that they weren't told. I love that because it makes absolutely no sense that someone could intentionally foul on their final yellow or red if you're on the black, knowing that you they gain you gain no advantage <laughs> exactly there's no logic to it at all uh I, that that was very much my intro into pubs is i used to be really good at pool 
uh, when I was about 16, 17, 18, 19. First I went to pub was in the, ha- uh, the Half Moon, which in Herne Hill, South East London, a famous music pub that ended up being a comedy pub for a while. And that was that was my introduction to pubs, was playing semi-competitive pool for, for, for money. And it was always just understood what the rules were. I mean, it, it, it's only people that don't play the game and have never looked at the rules that have decided that it's only one shot on the black. So and there's a there's a pun in the word shots as well. So yes, two, I love it. Oh, well, maybe two just two shots, but just, but uh, as, a, as something that you might describe two things that you might do there. But um, that's that's what I do. Take the argument out of the system right from the word go. Because my perfect pub would have a well regulated pool table with enough room on all four sides of the pool table to to to. Uh, to stretch, extend your cue arm. Have you noticed recently, I mean, the last sort of 10 years, a distinct lack of English pool tables in pubs? There used to be, used to almost be a fixture of the pub that there'd be a pool table. I think people are very much intimidated by the booking system. Nobody quite, nobody quite knows what the booking system is anymore. And no one, everyone's just a bit too scared to find out. I also think that one pound or even two pounds, whatever it is now, is a lot of money to pay for a game that may end when someone accidentally puts the yeah. back of the first shot. <laughs> That's that lovely Daniel Kitson story about the uh, the pool table in the pub near him when he was growing up. And they realised he didn't. It was like whatever it was, five twenty p's. They realised you could put just put you know two twenty p's in the thing and get it to work. And it like it was the best day of their lives. And then a few weeks later, they realised you didn't even need to put any twenty p's in, and it still worked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I nice. think my per- I think my perfect pub would have a free pool table. Yeah, Ooh. Uh, the the amount of money that you're making from it is so minimal mm. o- over the course of uh, the course of a day that you'd have a, f- a free pool table and an old style, a really really old style nineteen early nineteen nineties quiz machine. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the big the um, Cluedo one, something like that. Give Give us a clue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. What's your favourite quiz machine? Give us a break. That's what it's called. The snooker-based one. Give us a break. Uh, about a, 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 the sort of space invaders of its time. It's classic. It's vintage. It was easy to take money out of. And now, now those. I mean, I would the, the current machines they have. I'd have them banned as well. They're just they're just a mugs game. I had a a wonderful experience on a. I would be nineteen ninety nine two thousand hangman uh, pub quiz machine where you could tell when it wasn't paying out because the questions were just insanely hard. And me and uh, my friend Sam, a friend of Robin's as well, we got down to the final question. This was for 50 quid in the late 90s. It wasn't the Philippines, was it? No. <laughs> the question was, on which track on Frank Zappa's Hot Rats does Captain Beefheart provide guest vocals? You're kidding Which me. to anyone else would... I mean, to to the vast majority of people would have been absolutely impossible, and I knew it was Willie the Pimp, and I and I I remember that feeling of thinking this quiz machine is not paying out, and yet <laughs> if you know it, it will always pay out. And uh, got the question right: fifty quid on a quiz machine. Well, Paul, it's two shots on the black is your pub now to take away with you whenever you need it the most. Um, but before we let you go, which song from Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run would you like to play you out of the moon underwater this evening? Actually, I, I mentioned Jungle Land and uh, Backstreets, but the best song on the album is probably Thunder Road. 
the the opening track. Great song, great cover by Will Oldham as well, isn't it? Yes, on the album. Um, I've not heard that. What's it I've called? The, album? the Brave and the Bold. It's a collaboration with Bonnie Prince, Billy, and Tortoise, isn't it? It's very good. His cover of Daniel and Calvary Cross on that superb, great album. Anyway. We wish Paul Sinha well on his journey as he takes its two shots on the black with him and to play him out, it's Bruce Springsteen with Thunder Road. The screen door slams Mary's dress waves Like a vision she dances across the porch as the radio plays Roy Orbison singing for the lonely Hey, that's me and I want 